Over this past summer, I think I've had probably around seven flat tires on my bikes, which is really frustrating because those are my modes of transportation. I mean, imagine over the summer if you went out to your car seven times over the summer and found a flat tire and had to change your spare. It's pretty much the same thing. Frustrating. Well, I had one bike that had a flat um, a couple of weeks ago, and I can usually change them. But on this occasion, I stripped a nut, stripped a nut, and I couldn't get it off, so I had to take it to a local bike shop. I'm in there. They've got it up on the rack, and they asked me, do you want us to just change the flat since we've got it up here? It's $10 out the door, so I figured, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. It's like a cocktail, so I'm going to just have them do it. Yeah, go ahead. They fix it. My rear tire's all fixed. I'm riding my bike home, and on my way home, my front tire pops. Now, it probably sounds like a petty thing in the universe to complain about uh, bike tire popping, but when it's your mode of transportation, you're kind of already a little bit uh, frustrated with some of the public transportation in your city. Let's in my city. Let's just let's just say that that's the case for me, and. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but sometimes it's, it's what's the saying, that it's not a major event that uh, makes someone break, it's the broken shoelace. And it wasn't like a dramatic moment like that, but when, as soon as my tire popped, I sort of locked it up, and for whatever reason, I walked around the city for like an hour and a half, feeling dejected and like... You know, I don't understand why this keeps happening. Uh, I'm I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm riding my bike all year round. I'm not asking that much. I've got kind of a simple mode of transportation, right? And you know, of course, during that, I text a couple people like, "Oh, my bikes are not working right," you know, that kind of thing. And I have great friends and family who will point out to me, like, okay, that's frustrating, but, you know, there are people who have it worse than you, so just keep that in mind, which is a good thing to tell someone. The problem is, is that I'm not in those other people's contexts, do you know what I mean? So, like, there's always somebody who has stage four cancer, or, you know, they just found out that their kids aren't theirs, for, you know, whatever the thing might be, and... It's it's kind of it's it's impossible for me to know their context, but I understand the point of I had a pretty good upbringing, you know, uh, compared to a lot of people's, and I'm sure that there are people in this world who would have loved to have trade traded places with me. It's still hard to get into that positive state of mind when you're t- when you get one tire fixed on your bike and then the other tire pops on your way home from getting it fixed. It's sort of like the last straw. But the point of me talking about this is that I came home and did something that I have done the last month or so and I've listened to this clip of Sam Harris talk about the meaning of life. It's a great clip and I'm going to play it for you in a minute. And he really puts things into perspective because... In walking around the city, it took me a long time, and I don't think it was really until the next day when I woke up. Something about going into our daily coma, 
sleep uh, where we lay down and then we reset and it seems like we wake up and it is like a fresh day and I I don't I don't know what happens I don't know what's going on I don't know why we do that but it works and all that made me think about what am I spending my time on thought wise I don't I don't want to waste a lot of time thinking about things that are maybe pushing my universe into a bad place. Is that the difference between uh, people who have achieved some sort of success, however you define that, if it's money, pussy, dick, whatever it is, uh, art, you, you define it. Is the difference between the people who achieve those things that they want and the people who don't, simply the, the, thing, the, the focus, consistent focus of their thoughts. I mean, I don't, I'm, in the clip that I'm about to play you, he talks about how you don't want to find yourself down the road in life realizing that most of your time was spent caring about the wrong things. That your attention was bound up in petty things year after year uh, when life was normal. When you could have done something about it. And once you get to the end, you know, when you're on dialysis or you, cancer's finally got you, like it got all of your friends, because that's pretty much what's going to happen. Did you think about the right things? Because those days are coming when you're going to get sick or a loved one dies or you're going to get a phone call or a text. It's going to change everything. Some sort of event is going to change everything for you, and it's not that far off. And, and you're going to, we're all going to think about what held our attention up to this point. Was it, the, was it thinking about the universe is trying to get me and, and worrying about not having enough money to pay your student loans or your rent, or wishing that you, you, you had a different aspect of your life that was better, that, that you could do something that you wanted to do, or that, or do you want to think, or do you want to look back and think, well, you tried to do those things, but you couldn't because of this reason or that reason, because it's not going to matter. You're not going to remember the reason you didn't do things. You're just going to know that you didn't do them, because the, the, it is, it's, it is always now. That's what you have. That's what we all have. Isn't it? I mean, all we've ever had is our minds. It doesn't... It affects us, of course, what we have um, in terms of body, right? You want to... Some, some people have failing bodies. That's just a terrible thing. And I don't... So far, I've, I've been lucky not to have experienced that. But that's coming. It's going to happen. This this pork dumpling with a consciousness is going to break down at some point. So, but listening to this video, it always reminds me of the fact that I need to just drop my problems and remember that the future never arrives. It's never going to arrive. What, you're, what you think is going to happen tomorrow, that's not going to happen. It's, it's today. That's what you have. You have right now. And it doesn't mean you should just like fuck all and like, I don't know, maybe just quit your job and walk out and go drive to the, to the lake shore or the coast or whatever. 
But hey, maybe it does. I mean, we're living in these little boxes that sort of push us to feel, you know, like we don't have enough. That tomorrow is more important and today is just some insignificant um, uh, prefix to tomorrow. I don't know if prefix is the right word, but preface, preamble, if you will. Take it back to the 1770s. In listening to this video uh, last night after my, um, my tire popped recently, I was listening to it and I scrolled down and I saw, I think, a really wonderful comment underneath this video on YouTube. It said, My father died last week. I've been trying my best not to face this reality by staying busy. I haven't cried for him until I saw this. But the, the one thing people tend to realize at moments like this is that they wasted a lot of time when life was normal. It's not just what they, it's not just what they did with their time. It's not just that they spent too much time working or, or compulsively checking email. It's, it's that they, they cared about the wrong things. They, they regret what they cared about. Their, their attention was bound up in petty concerns. The year after year, when life was normal. And, and this is a paradox, of course, because we all know this epiphany is coming. I mean, don't you know this is coming? Don't you know that there's going to come a day when you'll be sick or someone close to you will die and you'll look back on the kinds of things that captured your attention. Because even if you live to be a hundred, there's just not that many days in life. It is always now. However much you feel you may need to plan for the future, to anticipate it, to mitigate risks, the reality of your life is now. Our conscious awareness of the present moment is, in some relevant sense, already a memory. But as a matter of conscious experience, the reality of your life is always now. And I think this is a liberating truth about the nature of the human mind. In fact, I think there's probably nothing more important to understand about your mind than that, if you want to be happy in this world. The past is a memory. It's a thought arising in the present. The future is merely anticipated. It is another thought arising now. What we truly have is this moment and this. And, and we spend most of our lives forgetting this truth, repudiating it, fleeing it, overlooking it. And, and the, the horror is that we succeed. We, we manage to never really connect with the present moment and find fulfillment there because we are, we are continually hoping to become happy in the future. And the future never arrives. 
Now, even when we think we're in the present moment, we're, we're in very subtle ways always looking over its shoulder, anticipating what's coming next. We're always solving a problem. And it's possible to simply drop your problem, if only for a moment, and enjoy whatever is true of your life in the present. There are more connections in a single cubic centimeter of brain tissue than stars in our galaxy. And yet our inner experience offers absolutely no clue. We're sub subjectively unaware of most of what our minds are doing. And yet when we think about what, what matters, what matters is consciousness and its contents. That consciousness is everything. Our experience of the world, the experience of those we care about, is a matter of consciousness and its contents. So, so whatever the origins of consciousness, the, the most important question for us is how can we truly be fulfilled in life? How, how can we create lives that are truly worth living given that these lives come to an end? So the frame we put around the present moment is important and largely determines our experience of it. But it seems possible, in fact, to experience life more nakedly than this, to experience it without an obvious frame. To, to pay attention to the present moment closely enough so that you're not doing anything to it. Now, you might feel that your, your consciousness is in your head or behind your face. But as a matter of experience, these are just more sensations arising in consciousness. The only evidence of your face and head is a sensation arising in consciousness at this moment. Whatever you can possibly notice in your body, in your mind, in the world, has only one place to appear in your conscious experience. Now, I'm not saying this is all just a dream. But as a neurological matter, it is very much like a dream. It is a dream that is constrained by inputs from the external world. And the dreams we call dreams at night are dreams that are not constrained by the external world. But your mind is all you have. Okay, it's all you've ever had. It's all you have to offer other people. We are all trying to find a path back to the present moment and good enough reason to just be happy here. If you're constantly ruminating about what you just did or what you should have done or what you would have done if you, if you only had the chance, you will miss your life. You'll fail to connect with it. You'll fail to connect with other people. Okay, being the mere hostage of the next thought that comes careening into consciousness isn't useful. So if, there, if there's an antidote to the fear of death and the experience of loss that's compatible with reason, I think it's to be found here. The purpose of life is pretty obvious. We are, we are constantly... I mean, why do we create culture and form relationships beyond matters of mere survival? We are constantly trying to create 